Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Patro. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm going to back off that mic a little bit right there. Uh, it's great to have all of you tuning us in and turning us on. Thank you so much for like all y'all's support. It is just amazing. I'm going to mention it again because we're starting to we're starting to get feedback from all of you about our theme for next year. I mentioned it a couple times. I think Kim's going to be sending out an email. And, you know, we always sit around and we come up with these ideas what we want the next year to be about. And this is interesting and ties into the show today with the most amazing Allison Blythe. But th this is what we're talking about for next year. 2022, it's all about you. That's our theme. And it's all about you. What do you want more programming of? It's all about our hosts and our co-hosts. What do they need more support of? Can we help them with it? Can we get that for them? You know, it's all about you. What can we do to help up-level, uplift? And then most of the time, we just sit here, we get feedback from you in emails. We're actually going to ask you. We're going to be doing some surveys and really asking you, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Do you hate our new logo? Do you like our new logo? And so part of this, though, as we go along this way, and we work closer and closer and closer together, you're getting ready to do it in your personal lives, your professional lives, the holidays coming up. The number one thing that causes us to have moments of insanity, whether it's a holiday, a workplace, a personal relationship, is the non-understanding of boundaries. What? Today, Alison Blythe, the expert, Boundaries 101. Not only is she going to take us through that journey, she's a certified life coach, LCSW. She has 25 years experience educating, equipping, informing, inspiring, empowering people. She takes that level of expertise and mastery, brings it to her one-on-one -on -one clients. She has a fantastic book, which you'll hear about today. Uh, I got to sit and listen to a show she did. I got to produce one of the shows she did. Where she, was where she was talking about communication. And, you know, it's interesting. Even though you might know something, when you hear it from an Allison, all of a sudden you got your notepad out. I still have my notes from that show right here. You got your notepad out and you're writing stuff down because one of the things you're being reminded of, as she does in her book, Misunderstood, you're reminded of the rules of dignity and respect and self-respect. And today, if we're going to kick off a conversation on boundaries, are you hot flashing anybody yet already? <laughs> are you just like, Allison's <laughs> like, I'm doing it. Are you ready to start? Because Allison, this is boundaries 101, right? So 
unless you're going to eat the entire pumpkin pie all at one time, we have to know where to start. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Wow. What a fantastic introduction and just the reality of the importance of boundaries and understanding that they are the essence of our well-being. And yet we have a lot of misunderstanding about what they are, how to set them, the whole nine yards. What a powerful conversation and what a perfect time to do it. I, I apologize to Jacob yesterday because, you know, I always learn when I prep for these shows, people ask me, how oh, do you just show up and do a show? No, I take a look at what we're going to talk about. And I get ready. So I was looking at this and I realized, you know, Jacob and Daniel, Daniel's one of our newest folks, um, you know, one of our interns here, he's come in, he's learning a lot of things, but I put him in the production room. And what I realized is yesterday, how many times I have gone in that room or I've had a conversation with Daniel and Jacob's like in the middle of a live show. And I just said to him, I'm just sorry. You know, I, it just hit me yesterday and he's got his headset on and he's focusing and he's got the Facebook thing going and making sure the lower thirds are in. And I'm in there having a big old conversation with Daniel. It's like, what's up with that? Right. Yeah. You're going to talk uh, already about one of the main tools that I talk about, and it's one of the ones of self-awareness and how often we're just so caught up. We're caught up in our own world, our own perception, and kind of going along, assuming that everything's okay or that other people are on the same page. And so I really appreciate your awareness and then also your accountability, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm a work in progress. So let's not jump ahead at my perfection. Okay, let's just yeah, that's right. no, wait, wait till Linda comes. Wait till Linda comes. It's like, when you're here, this is a really pretty energizing place. We have a production room and we're upgrading everything. But you could literally hear Jessica and I yell down the hall, Linda, right? Um, but let's talk boundaries because people hear this today. But we, we're not exactly sure, Allison, what we're talking about. It, because there's a, there's a wide berth, let me say. It could be something like my my awareness of Jacob, who would never say anything to me like, hello, I'm doing a show. Do you mind taking it outside, right? Mm-hmm. And versus when in your personal life, you're dealing with a step over offensive communication issue. There's mm-hmm. still boundaries, no or yes? All the time. I okay. think boundaries are the undercurrent Uh, Whether we're in a professional setting, a personal setting, just very kind of superficial at the grocery store. I mean, we all are kind of mindful of even our personal space, which is a classic boundary. And so one of the things why I think it's so challenging for people sometimes is that it's though it's a topic we all have who hasn't heard the word boundary. We have a general sense of what it is. But there's so many nuances to actually understanding, communicating, asserting, maintaining, following through with boundaries. It's really like this intricate work with all these nuances. And people often are not aware of all the things that go into them. It is so funny we're talking about this because you mentioned the grocery store. Thank you for doing that. Because (laughs) one of the things that you do so well is you really talk about really significant and complex items, but you bring it down to the reality of our day-to-day, Allison. Yeah. That's what I love when I listen to your show. And and honestly, that's got to be why you're so successful in your work. Yeah. It's important to me because the show is about authenticity. And I don't know as though you can be authentic without being boundaried. 
And, and so the two go very much hand in hand and understanding that because they are so universal, meaning that we need to use them in all different kinds of capacities and knowing how things feel inside of us is the beginning point of where to actually know when a boundary needs to be set. Yeah. You know, let's talk about why these are so seriously important, because whenever we say something important in life, let, let's just use this as an example. Um, I play a sport. And the other day I walked in with the largest black and blue mark on my right hand, right? And the first place that you could feel people go, they don't say it, but you could feel them go is, Jesus, what's she doing? She's losing it. What the heck happened? To her, right? right? And then you see them looking at your hand. And then you come out with something like, okay, look, no, it's my table tennis robot. I got hit by a ball. And then they look at you like that is either the truth or such a line of BS that we can't believe it. But let's talk about the impact of this because there are consequences to being boundaryless. Yes. Right? There's huge consequences to being boundaryless. What I find is that people go to great lengths to protect what's theirs. They will have um, security codes on their car, on their home. They will protect their bank accounts. They'll have two-step verification on things. You know, rightfully so. What's ours is ours to protect, and it's our responsibility to do so. And yet, oftentimes, people will go about their business. They will have relationships. They will make decisions. They will say yes to things. They will sign up for committees. They will do all these different kinds of things without that same level of awareness and protection. How does this feel to me? How aware am I of the things that I'm saying yes to and the things I'm saying no to and why I'm doing that? That determines the health of a boundary. And so on a very surface level, boundaries will protect what's mine and really enhance my level of safety, my level of well-being, really critical work. And then there's also like other elements about communication, like you said, with, with Jacob's ability to maybe say to you, hey, Dr. Pat, or your willingness to communicate with him, I apologize for doing that and stepping into that. Kind of the, the relationship health, I think, is also protected when we do have boundaries. I also think it's our level of integrity and self-respect, yeah. our own level of safety and trust that my yes really does mean yes. And quite frankly, I'm going to honor you with a no when I don't have the energy or effort to put forth towards something. So you can trust me so much more deeply when I honor you with a boundary of yes or no, because you know that that's actually my truth. And it also takes the guesswork out. As much as someone may, how long someone may know you, whether you're partnered with them in business or in intimacy, whether you gave birth to them or they gave birth to you, people cannot read your mind and they are not responsible for doing so. Having a boundary makes it very clear what's okay with you and what isn't. It takes the guesswork out of things. You know, one of the things that I, I want to talk with you about, and Benny and Jacob, I'm going to go ahead and skip the break if I could. One of the things that you really bring out in your book, Misunderstood, Rewriting the Rules of Dignity and Self-Respect, I mean, you know, this is the guide. This is the guidebook to better understanding boundaries. And one of the things that I'm really struck by is, is this. So tell me, if, tell, me where, tell me if I'm on track with this. I have never, I'm trying to be politically correct in what I say. <laughs> that never works for me. Benny's like, what? After 18 years? I never really understood 
as, let's just talk about my personal relationships. Yeah. If you want to see my eyes like light up and look like something out of the Walking Dead movie, that's having a conversation with someone and they're confused. Mm -hmm. So this is a, one of the things for me. This is my little thing. I, I've gotten over it. But you, you, you just spend 10 minutes explaining maybe what a boundary is, maybe. And the response you get is, I don't get it. I'm confused. Yeah. Now, if they read your book, they're not going to be confused. If they work with you, they're not going to be confused. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn early on not to say that. I come from grooming where my stepmom used to say, you either have that, an IQ of an ant, a little toad, if you're really that confused. I mean, what is confusing you about dusting the furniture? Seriously? You're confused, Pat? Um, but this is just one thing that I want to talk with you about because the confusion comes forward because people will say, Allison, I'm confused about boundaries. Yes. And and I think that is a rightful statement to make because we don't have any experience with how to work with healthy boundaries. I totally agree. Is that agree. true or not? Well, I'll tell you that I <laughs> fell into boundary work backwards. <laughs> I, it was only after in the beginning line of misunderstood is I lost my, you know, what over a banana and the realization that I was horribly confused. I had done this work for 25 plus years. I had read, I got certifications. I had read the books. I had taken the course. I'd read Brene Brown's work. Like I know logically about boundaries. And even I was horribly confused because I think we get so much social training, childhood training about what it means to be good, what it means to get along with others and how to be kind. And so early messages that we get, maybe even role models about what it takes to be good and to be nice. Maybe some of your role models were actually very sacrificial or martyred with the, the way that they conducted themselves. I think that there's a very, very fine line between helping someone versus enabling someone. Oh, and that's a confusion. Oh, completely. And yeah. the idea that enabling someone can often sometimes feel like the right way to love. So if you're feeling con confused, I simply want to acknowledge and support the fact yeah. that boundaries are incredibly confusing because of our social training, our familial training, messages we get about being good and behaving, being nice, being loving, and also that fine line of being able to distinguish. Now, let's replace confusion with what to do. Because I know that we don't talk about this enough, but I know this is what you do and the work you do and the work you do one-on-one -on -one with people and all of the other things you do is we can replace confusion with knowledge and action of what to do. Yep. Now that coupled with how to do it, how to say it, it gives people a sense of power. It gives people a sense of empowerment what's the difference between taking all that knowledge and actually doing it? Well, sometimes it's just courage because mm -hmm. if you've never stood up to somebody before and said something like, you can't come in here with those muddy boots. Hello. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's a simple thing, but it could be hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. P people have a lot of confusion too about maybe being mean or being very selfish 
And so knowing that they can actually take uh, an action or have a conversation with someone requires them to stand in the discomfort. I don't want to be mean. I don't want somebody to think I'm selfish. And so I absolutely acknowledge that it takes incredible awareness is your starting point and then courage to actually be able to practice setting the boundary. And maybe you do start very small with something like saying no to a server or no to the muddy boots. I compare it a lot of times to like lifting weights. If you start with the 50 pound weights, you might hurt yourself. Right? <laughs> oh, I, I feel the pain just having you mention that. Um, but, you know, let's talk about this. I mean, there are various reasons people struggle. And I know in the work you do, you really guide people along step by step. That's so important. But a lot of times it's really hard to even, I mean, other people can watch and then come back and say, like, Pat. Like, why didn't you say something? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what happened? So how do we learn, right, that we need to even set a boundary? Mm-hmm. Like, other than the hot flash and then the flaming madness you may feel after the fact, what are some of the, what are some of the things that show up where people absolutely feel that that is something they need to say, I got I to tell you, you can't cross that line. You bet. You actually mentioned the key word of how people will know, and it's feelings that we are given, just like if you were to put your hand on a hot burner and you were to feel the sizzle and the pain of that, we are given physical cues and indicators that something is wrong. We are given the same intuitive emotional cues that something is wrong. If you're feeling frustrated, irritated, overwhelmed, your phone goes off and you roll your eyes out of frustration about this contact or that meeting, those feelings are actually trying to tell you something. And some of the problems begin when we suppress or we deny or we smile through those types of feelings and we do it anyway. Now, I'm not saying that those are always the best places to make all of the decisions or have the conversation from, but they're cues and indicators, just like you would honor your physical pain and those types of cues. I really encourage people to pay attention to their emotional cues because they're trying to tell you something. And, you know, part of this is, and and we're going to talk about this later on too, But part of this too, Allison, if you could just comment on this is I had someone say to me a really long time ago, it wasn't until after the fact that I realized there was something I needed to say. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm more of a processor, right? Linda knows immediately, like if, if there's a thing, she, she's like right there, she knows it. Mm -hmm. She's so in tune. Me, it may be like I'm speaking with you and then we're done and I walk away and I'm like, ooh. Someone said to me, you missed your chance. Get over it. Now, you don't get over it and you still need to say something. How do we navigate those waters? Because there are some people that are not going to be in touch with the fact, right? Yeah. Right. So is that, is that a major concern for people? Completely. And oftentimes that's where the work begins is after the fact and being able one, if you're aware, it changes the ball game. And if you even become aware after the fact, it still gives you pieces of information potentially to go back and have the conversation. I, I really encourage my clients to use a tool that I call redecide. You can always redecide like that. And, and oftentimes people don't realize it. Well, I said, yes, so I have to. 
you can have a conversation that says, after I've considered it, I thought about it a bit, and I looked at my calendar and realized we can go back to renegotiate. Very little is ever locked in stone as a have to or a must, even when we give a yes. You know, you do this work, you teach these courses. As a matter of fact, you you have a couple of classes coming up, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but one of them that you teach, and I know you're teaching it in December, I think it's December 7th, is the art of effective communication. Uh And so we're talking today so far, what we talked about was the what, the thing, the thing that comes up, right? The muddy boots, whatever that is. But then there's the how, (laughs) right? So there's like the thing, and then there's the how. There's like the muddy boots, if you don't take your mm -mm boots off, I'm gonna mm -mm -mm like that. That would not be in your book, The Art of Effective Communication, right? (laughs) (laughs) But these two have to be tied together. Yes. Um, So often I encourage people to just be right where they are. I have something I need to talk to you about, and I don't know how to. I mean, talk about authenticity. I might say all of these things in a not so perfect way, but I've got to let you know that. Like, speak your truth. And yeah. if it comes out mucky and messy, so be it. It Remember that setting boundaries, just like when we, we initially start doing anything, we start walking, we start eating, we start zipping up our coat, we learn these processes. And often they're really messy in the beginning. Just like redeciding, we can be accountable, go back, clean it up a little bit. But being able to say, I'm really nervous about having this conversation, even saying this might come as a shock to you, or you might be really upset when I tell you that. Just go ahead and start tip your foot in the water a little bit to see what happens and begin to speak from the inside out. Yeah, I do a lot of work with power tools. I like to work with my hands. I like to build things, you know, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be unusual to find me with some kind of tool in my hand, a hammer or I mean, and, you know, I've learned things about things like that, especially if because you get boundary issues, especially if you're working with other people on projects, right? And I I remember learning how to do this with the boundaries. I remember this like it was yesterday. This is kind of funny. And, And it was something really important because when you're working with people on power tools, if you don't speak up and say, Mary, don't point that nail gun at me, right? Um, if you don't speak up, it could, and I remember one day, cause I talked with my hands and I got the hammer. And I'm, I'm explaining my boundary and I got the hammer like this at the person. And the next thing I realized, they start to cry. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I say? This is why I want to talk to you, to you about the how. Yeah. And I said, what did I say? I was just trying to tell you, if you walk over here, you're going to get electrocuted. And they looked at me and the tears are running down their face and they say, are you going to hit me with that? And I'm like, oh, now this is a person that grew up being abused. My lack of awareness around that with a hammer, a big hammer, how important are cues like that in the art of effective communication? I mean, I've worked for bosses that slam their fists on the table yeah right so 
can you talk about this? Because these things are really happening. Now, I'm not going to hit anybody with a hammer, but I'll tell you, bosses pounding on the table. That's exactly what's happening now in corporate America. Yeah, so much of communication, and I, the numbers vary, but I think it's as high as 90 to 95% of communication is actually the nonverbal. And the way that you approach your body positioning, your hand gestures, I too talk a great deal with my hands. And for some people that I have to be really mindful yeah. the way people interpret our, our physical cues and that type of stuff, our energy, our approach, the look on our face, the, the, those types of things all go into that pattern of self-awareness and how important it is. And also being able to speak. I'm really uncomfortable that would you feel comfortable sitting down and speaking with me rather than standing over me? There's elements that we can mm -hmm. be able to communicate to other people about their behavior also. Well, you know, I, I want to talk about this more when we come back. Honestly, I get teased about things like this. If you ask Jessica and Linda, they will do an impersonation of me standing at Jessica's door saying, furthermore, <laughs> they'll <laughs> laugh hysterically about it. But in this world of boundaries, we have to take this seriously. I want to take a moment before we go to break. You do this work, but you have a couple of really cool things coming up. I think I referenced uh, the Art of Effective Communication, a live event, yes. and then the Art of Visioning, which you're doing uh, in January. Could you tell us a little bit about each of those, if you don't mind, okay. and tell us how people can find out about it? The Art of Effective Communication is a live and in-person workshop that I'm going to be teaching on Tuesday, December 7th. And it's an opportunity for people to come learn a three-step tool, feelings, needs, and strategies based on the work of nonviolent communication. And this realization of how to use each one of those three steps in order to have more healthy, effective communication. And it all starts with self-awareness, exactly what we're talking about today. And then the Art of Visioning, the visioning workshop that I'm hosting, that's going to be a Saturday event where people have the ability to just come in. I'm going to take care of all the details and you can just come in again, live and in person here in Florence, Kentucky, and just come create and learn about the power of visioning, not just a cutting mm -hmm. event, but really understanding the power of visualizing the words we speak, the energy we bring to these boards and the power that they hold once we're so intentional about the images of what we actually want to create in our life. Those are two events that are coming up soon. I totally love the whole visioning thing. I really love it. I mean, you know, people looked at the first visioning board. I have a visioning board that I had Velcro on now <laughs> that like I take it off every year and put the Velcro on and I have a, a light, a circular light. Yes. And people said, does that really help? And I just looked at him and said, I think it does, but I don't think it's required. Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk about what are the different types? Are there types? Yes, there are. But how do you identify different types? And how do you know what they are? And why is it important to understand these types? When we come back, please know one thing. This is a live call-in show. Now, we're all different. We all have different boundary things that go on. If you need some help in something, getting ready for the holiday, the turkey day, or any day, or your boss, if you need some help, this is the show you want to call into. 1-800-930-2819. I'm also taking your questions through Transformation Talk Radio, so go in there and ask your question. I know a lot of you are at work, so that works better for you. Please do it. When we come back, what are the different types? Do you want to know how to peg them. Let's take a short break. Allison Blythe, go to her website, allisonblythe.com. When we come back, I'll tell you more. 
Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com, and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on stephaniejames.world. The best is yet to come. Champion your life with me, Leanne Champion. First and third Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That new gym membership might help you get fit, but what about emotional fitness? Jump into the rushing waters of personal growth. Don't waste another minute feeling unfulfilled. Visit ChampionYourLife.com and let's do this together. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Are you feeling lost in this journey we call life? When you awaken the truth of your patterns, limitations, and beliefs, you can start to heal relationship with yourself, others, and your circumstances. I'm Ritika Rose, life coach, author, and speaker. My mission is to help you align with your most powerful, authentic self and transform how you experience your inner and outer world. Find the confidence and peace to live the highest version of your life. Visit RitikaRose.com. Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune in to The Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be an empowered parent through the techniques of the conscious parenting community. To learn more about Susan, visit SusanDolce.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm Dr. Patcher. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to the Dr. Patcher or TransformationTalkRadio.com. Um, Boundaries 101 with Allison Blythe. We're going to tell you a lot more about Allison. She's going to do it right now. Also, her book is available. Also, these two courses are available. Uh, and and um, by the way, if you go to her website, you can download you know, some, some free things there, too. Um, let's talk about you for a minute. How do they get the book? How do they work with you? And how, tell us more about how people get invited to these two events you're doing. 
Oh, you bet. Uh, well, first of all, consider this your invitation. Um, these events are uh, posted both on Facebook and on Eventbrite. The Art of Visioning is in January, as we mentioned. The Art of Effective Communication is coming up in December. Those are both located, again, Eventbrite and Facebook. And if you want to visit in any information, you want to find out more about me, the work that I do, the courses that I offer, those are all on my website at allisonblythe.com. Great website. Yes, yeah. great website. <laughs> All right. Types. So none of us think there are types, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like new information. Maybe not for you because you write about it, you talk about it, you teach about it. But there are types, aren't there? There are definitely types. And remember, I said I fell into this backwards. Yes, and you so did. As I was kind of flailing around trying to find my way through my own boundary crisis, I was like, we talked about confusion. No wonder the confusion. As I was starting to distinguish the different categories, I discovered really 12 different categories of boundaries, which I think is part of why people feel so confused, is that we think that it's a black and white fence, a solid yes or a no. And it is not that way at all. There are actually 12 different categories that I discovered. And maybe there's even more. Yeah. 12. <laughs> Okay, so here's my question. What, can, you, can you hit me up with one? When people hear it, they think, what? That's a type? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can think of it. I want to, I'll tell you about all Jump in, jump in, go ahead. <laughs> okay, the most precious one, I believe, is a time boundary. And realizing, if I said to you, you know, hey, listen, uh, I want you to give me $10,000. Most people would look at me and go, what the heck? And yet time, our most precious commodity, we often are willing to just spend, 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 spend without honoring the way that that influences. A time boundary would be something, how long are you spending on the phone with someone? How long are you engaged in projects, staying after work, driving to and from for people? Like, how are you actually spending your time? That is such a hot one. <laughs> but yeah. let's talk about the boundary because does so so see if this is true. Um, there's this analogy. Okay, I know everybody. I, I'm I'm a member of PETA, so please don't email me about this. It's just a little story. It's just a little thing. I grew up with my mama telling me the story of a frog about honey, if you put the frog in boiling water, it's going to jump out. And like, okay. And she said, no, like, if you want to really boil a frog, yeah. you got to put the frog in cold water and then just turn it up slowly. Mm -hmm. Time is like that totally. to me. Mm -hmm. It's like the frog in the cold water and you slowly boiling up till you realize you have now boiled yourself in your time zone. Completely. And I will also add a second one to that and realizing that they actually go hand in hand. Um, it's also an energy boundary. How much energy are you paying towards something, thinking about things, worrying, rumination, obsessive, like thought process, problem solving for people, a time energy. Is this really, I'm sorry, a time, an energy boundary of being really aware of how much space am I allowing other people? To, if somebody said, can I move in with you? Most people would recognize that physical boundary. Like I don't have the room or I don't have the capacity. I don't even like you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and yet. Yeah. What are you, how much room are you allowing them to take up in your thought process, in your emotions, in your energy? 
I love Benny so much. I gave him my goldfish. <laughs> I know that's a real story. It's true. Um, and poor thing it was the greatest thing in the world to have him take my goldfish. And then my goldfish grew to the size of a salmon. <laughs> um, but you're right about these. Where do we find my word, not yours, but where do we find the chutzpah? That's chef. Actually, that's a chef Rossi word. Where do we find the chutzpah to just stop it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we can't go to the actual action. Sometimes we have to stop a thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I talk about in misunderstood is my <laughs> own official diagnosis. How do you know? Um, <laughs> it's a term I refer to as fed upness. And sometimes what it is, is just getting sick and tired enough to be willing to do something differently. And even if it's a mental shift, maybe you're not ready to take the action. Maybe all you're doing is changing the amount of energy you give to something or someone. Maybe you're starting to get your language strengthened a little bit before you actually even say something. Maybe you're speaking up to a safe friend, but like fed upness is a cue. It's like a tipping point where people are like, I am sick and tired of this and I am fed up with doing these things. That's a really powerful starting point for people to become more aware and begin. It's like someone who they can't get their pants zipped. It's like, okay, I have to do something different. I have to start eating differently or getting healthy. Sometimes there's an emotional fed upness where we're just sick and tired and we're ready to do things differently. And that begins to be your starting point. Yeah. You know, is it the old, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Just ready to do something differently. And it can be teeny tiny. Okay. So you gave us the hard ones. You gave us time. You gave it. <laughs> okay. How about one that's more common? Because there are some that, you know, you are a frog being put in boiling water. There are some that you're just smack you in the face and you know, Ooh, oopsie, that was not good. Right. Yeah. But yeah. even if we know that Allison, we can't always do, we can't always make that course correction. Sure. There's four that I would say that a lot of people are very conscious and aware of okay. physical boundaries, you know, being kind of in my space or those types of things, uh, emotional boundaries, and certainly in terms of sexual boundaries and verbal boundaries. A lot of times people will say, I, I don't like to be spoken to that way, or if you continue to speak yeah. to me. So physical, emotional, sexual, and verbal are a little bit more of the commonplace boundaries that people tend to have more awareness of, or more, again, they might not be ready to do something differently, but at least you have an awareness that those are kind of some of the fractures that start to happen in relationship your awareness to be able to start to strengthen and start to assert your words. It is the point of readiness where people begin to set the boundaries. You know, I want to talk about the point of readiness since you just brought it up. I'm like you, right? Back, back into things, learn things the hard way. I am, I trust people impeccably, impeccably the first time I meet you, you're already in my corner. Yeah. I mean, Linda reminds me of that a lot of times. And, um, but that's just the way I am. It's the way I live my life, right? I don't think that that will change about me. I mean, I've learned some things about it, though. I've learned how to manage it better. Um, but there are some things that are not negotiable. Yes. I want to talk about a few not negotiables, if you don't mind, because I think the not negotiables are so obvious, yet they're so difficult sometimes. Um, now, 
without going into the real trauma around boundaries and sexual abuse, right? That we know, it, I believe that's a category all by itself. Everything from date rape, I mean, that is a category mm-hmm. that, that really justifies a whole show. But there are some others, right? And I know people come to you and don't know what to do. Yeah. And it may take them a couple of tries. Mm-hmm. It's okay if it takes a couple of tries, right? You bet. I mean, think about when we were young trying to learn how to walk. If we didn't get it right the first time, and we never <laughs> tried again. It, it's this is process, and and it is a, it's a starting point. And if the if you get wobbly and you fall down sometimes, mm-hmm. or you kind of mess it up okay. It's really okay. But saying, sitting still and saying nothing really assures that your boundaries are not going to be met and are going to continue to be dishonored. If there is some sense of maybe name calling that's happening physical, or you talked about the approach of the hammer, you know, even someone not hitting, but, but drawing back these elements of instilling fear or messages of intimidation. Now that's not true for, I mean, there might be people who don't, become uncomfortable with that. I, I'm not sure if there are people, but rules are so different for people. You know, there might be some hard past, like that is unacceptable. That might seem more obvious for people. There might be others that are very vague and abstract that it's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. I will always hammer home on self-awareness because just because one behavior doesn't feel okay to you yeah. doesn't mean that it's not going to feel okay. Your starting point with most things is how do I feel about this and what do I want to have done differently? Now, that's your point. You know, you don't you haven't even had the conversation yet or had the taken the action. But if you're not clear on what feels uncomfortable or unsafe, you're really not going to be able to find the words or the actions quite yet. Self-awareness first. And there are there are certain rules of the game, let me just say. And I want to talk with you about these too. For those of you just tuning in, this is a great conversation with the most amazing Allison Blythe. We're talking about boundaries. Um, uh, and, and by the way, I do have a question that came in. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I got a question from Joe. Not sure if Joe's a, it doesn't matter. I got a question from Joe. Hey, great show. Lot, great show. Lot to, everybody abbreviate. So excuse me, I'm Joe, I'm going to get to your question. Great show. Lots of things to think about. You're right. Going for the holiday. Oh, this is a tough one. Going for the holiday, going to be around the family, and I want them all to wear masks. Mm. So great, you, Joe, thank you. I don't know what to do. I know this is, I know, I know, I'm, I know I am not alone in this. It's scary. Yeah. Wow, right? Yeah. Joe, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Not an easy answer, but we can help a little. Sure. I think the first thing is there's a difference between making a request of someone, which is something we talk about in the art of effective communication, making a request um, and and asking people it. I, I feel really uncomfortable these days. Would you be willing to wear masks? perfectly fair request, making making the statement and the boundary very clear. Now, where the boundary comes in is the idea that that Joe makes a decision that if people have the freedom to say no, and if the answer is no, how is Joe going to respond? Mm. 
Most people think that uh, the boundary is about you can't or you have to. And that's actually not a boundary. That can be more of a demand. Mm. You can ask the question, would you be willing to? Have yeah. you considered? I would really appreciate it if. But the, the boundary comes in is that if people choose to be unmasked on the holidays, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to come. I will yeah. sit in the other room. I will sit outside. Okay. It's about the behavior we will take or won't take in order to assert that boundary. Yeah. And Joe, there's no reason Joe and Joe, by the way, is uh, asking this from SC, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, Joe can wear a mask. Yes. Even if Joe gets harassed for wearing a mask, Joe can wear a mask. I have to tell you, this is one of the most difficult things as a business owner. We are in office. We have been in office. We have studios here. We have production here. We've pretty much been here for the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, and yet in the Washington state, we have some interesting guidelines. I have people going away for the holiday and mm -hmm. I may have to ask them when they come back to wear masks. Mm -hmm. It is one of the hardest things for somebody of my personality type to do. And I really had to learn to navigate that. And, you know, I didn't think about it till just now, Allison. I think that this is one of these areas that people are really looking. What is my boundary around this? What is my boundary in public? But yeah. your skill teaching around this helps people. Where do I begin? Yes. You have a toolbox too, right? We do have a toolbox, the sense of self toolbox. I call it the SOS toolbox. Yep. It's a starting point for people. And really the, there's, there's 10 tools that I talk about in misunderstood, but really for this purpose, there, there's several that I thought about like, okay, what tools might be necessary in this job of boundary building? We've already talked about one, a great deal, self-aware. The second one is self-honesty and being really truthful. I don't like this. This feels uncomfortable to me. I, my energy drains when I, when I address this. Self-honesty is a critical tool. We often will tell ourselves a story or allow ourselves to, to consume guilt and all these different kinds of things. Another one that I thought a lot about was this tool of self-honoring. And this might be an example for Joe. What is true for me and what is the, in my highest and best and how can I align my relationships, my decisions, my words, my actions with what's honoring to what's in my best mm. interest. And that can be really hard because sometimes it forces us to stand alone in something, being alone on a holiday because people yeah. are unwilling to, to honor or respect the boundary. That can be one, some of the most painful work in terms of self-honoring. Um, and also self-respect and a critical tool of boundaries is self-responsibility, taking responsibility for ourselves. It is not other people's jobs. We wish they would take care of us. They wish that they would honor everything that we need and want. But the truth is, it's our responsibility to assert and clarify and to know and communicate, also follow through and maintain those boundaries people aren't going to come to rescue us. It's our responsibility to act in our own best interest. So the SOS toolbox is designed. It is the how-to with all of these different kinds of things. Where do I begin? How do I have these conversations? That toolbox is designed to really empower you so that you know how to do those things. You know, I know we have a few minutes left. I want to talk about a couple of funniest, obvious ones that have shown up in my life from time to time. The most obvious one that shows up, especially if y'all are getting ready to go to holiday and like do some really pig out eating. The one that I realized in my world 
was a thing for me is here you're sitting around and you got your plate and your loved one or somebody like in your family takes their fork and reaches over and forks your damn turkey. Now, I'm sorry, I got to laugh about this, but this is one of the most common, right? Yes. That's about like some people are like, oh, no, you take my turkey. I'll take your beans. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's so simple. You tapped into something real. This is a category. Food boundaries are a very real thing. And people don't understand that was part of the falling in backwards. I, I was raised very Italian, sharing food, eating food off plates and forks, like all of that. Oh, and it. Very nurturing. It was very, very loving. I gave birth to a child who will slap your hand if you touch. <laughs> if you touch. Like she is like, stay off my food, stay off my plate same family, same, you know, everything, same experiences. And people have very different eating leftovers and all of that kind of stuff. Food boundaries are very, very real. And especially at this time of year, those can be very heightened. Oh my God. It's like insanity. I, I was uh, in charge of cleaning off the table and putting stuff away. And I grew up like you. Food is food. I mean, I've gone to holiday dinners where one of the elders in the family did not like the meatballs or something like that. And the food would go flying across the table. I mean, it was literally, I mean, I think about it now. And if people were to come in, they would have just put an insanity sign on the front door. <laughs> right? The, the, the elder grandpapa throws something, grandmama comes in, throws the spaghetti on his shirt. I mean, honestly, yeah. but this is so important that it's there's so many ways to really cross about. I made the mistake one year of packing up food and I didn't have an extra container. Mm. And I put two different types of food in a container. You'd think somebody died. <laughs> oh, that, and that's all the story. We ha- that's why assuming people are on the same page or really expecting people to read your mind or have guesswork. They can't. Everyone has their own rules for the road. It's very, I compare it to a recipe very often. My (laughs) recipe for, for my boundaries looks a certain way to expect you from the outside to know that family secret recipe. You can't know that it's my, we talked about the tool of self-responsibility. It's my responsibility to communicate that as clearly as I can gauge the health of the relationship by your willingness to kind of honor and respect or communicate back with me. But yeah, that's, I mean, you bring up some really classic points about why the nuances of all of these boundaries. Yeah. I mean, if you can imagine me the first time I met Linda's parents, like way back in the day, I mean, I was a mess as a kid. I had no level of uh, etiquette. I mean, honestly, I didn't. I basically just came off the streets and, and I grew up in a family where if the spaghetti If the gravy was over there, what you did was you didn't say pass, you didn't say like pass the gravy around the table. You like reached across the table or you reached across. So I had to really understand. Yeah, just basic what some people might consider manners or etiquette. For you, that might have just been attached to survival. You know, like I've got to get my own. I got to get the gravy before they pick all the meat out of the gravy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this is, I know we're laughing about this a little bit because some of these things are funny, but when you're the receiver 
mm. of a boundary in my language, right? Because I don't know another word, a boundary violation. Yeah. And you don't have a tool to respond in the moment. It can be really painful, right? And that's why you do the work you do, isn't it? One of the tools, actually, the very first tool is self-anchoring. If you think about sometimes boundaries and the way they, they feel very assaulting sometimes, and I don't mean just physically, I mean sometimes yeah. medically or emotionally, self-anchoring is your ability to find your footing again. We yeah. often knocked off kilter and then we have these reactions. And again, we try to set a boundary with you can't ever, again, that's not a boundary. Self-anchoring is the very first tool that allows you to kind of hunker in and get a hold of yourself so that you can then proceed with having the conversation and responding rather than reacting. You know, and they go across the board. I think what I love about what you're saying is this is a learning journey for everyone. And you may not know, I mean, look, I played a lot of sports and I didn't understand that when you're playing sports with other cultures, like I do now, you know, my table tennis partners from India, my other ones from China, the other one, my coaches, South Korea, um, four of them are men. One of them is a woman. And I hug them all. Mm -hmm. Not good. Mm -hmm. Not when the wife is over there watching. Mm, and I didn't, I don't understand those things. Right. Or I didn't. So yeah. we have to learn these things along the way. But I think your message is powerful. And I want to ask you, Allison, for your personal message. This doesn't mean that somebody's good or somebody's bad. Mm -hmm. Not in the scenario we're talking about. Yeah. Look, I know you do lots more than what we're talking about today. Thank you for all that you do. Please tell people how they can get a hold of you. And I'd love to know your personal message for today. And I promise not to have any food fights. <laughs> I don't know. It could be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can always be in touch with me on my landline at 859-341-7773. If you want to send me an email and you want to be in touch about anything, your personal experience, your questions, please feel free. Allison Blythe at live.com. And again, my information is, my website is jam packed with information about these courses and the work that I do and the services that I offer. And that is allisonblythe.com. Honestly, my message is just really about the empowered sense of as you build these muscles of authenticity and practice along the way, being very clear and being boundaried is your way to help you navigate and stay in charge about the health and well-being of your life. It's okay to get wobbly. It's okay not to know what the heck to do. That's why we provide resources. This talk show, the ability that misunderstood and being able to have that as a resource, you don't have to do it all alone. It's just the willingness to, to start somewhere. And I hope this has been a really powerful starting point for you. It totally has. And I love that we can actually have some fun with this. Yes. You know, when I'm by myself in a car, I love to drive down the street and I just cranked up, I cranked up radio heads, creep driving down close <laughs> to my house. And I got my windows open in a truck, like a big four wheeler truck pulls up next to me. And the, and the guy rolls down the window and he goes like this. And I said, sorry and i just rolled up my window but i didn't turn down my radio maybe <laughs> i got go. a lesson to learn <laughs> allison blythe i'm dr pat we got lots coming up for you here on transformation talk radio happy holidays everyone and remember fun enjoy it gratitude and love we'll see you next time <laughs>